0: We're gonna take this back a little old school, y'all. That's how we're gonna do this tonight. We're gonna take a little old school. Yeah. I ain't played this thing song in a minute, y'all. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of the Real Sports Show, everybody. I'm your host, Mark, a.k.a. The Bet tonight, and this morning, I should say. So, we got a lot of things to talk about today. You know, um, as far as, you know, the NFC East is a concern. As far as the Texas firing Bill O'Brien... After an 0-4 start, which I knew that was coming about anyway. I'm just waiting on one more team to fire their head coach. And that's the Atlanta Falcons head coach. You know. I'm 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 here with y'all. And we're gonna talk about the, the NBA finals tonight as well, too. Or I should also say this morning. We're gonna talk about the NBA Finals. We're gonna talk about every single detail of how things are changing around in the NFL. We're going to talk about a little bit of just a little bit of everything tonight. You know, um, I really am feeling some type of way, and I want to get this thing started out with, you know, with the NFC East division. I want to start it off with that. And I know we talked about it last week, though. I mean, yeah, this past week about the NFC East division and how sorry the NFC East division has been this year. But, you know, I remember a time frame where the NFC East used to be the reigning dominant force in in the entire football league. Like, nobody really wanted to come play any team in the division at any time frame. Nobody really wanted to compete with the NFC East. NFC East has been talked about a lot of times as being the most competitive division in the NFL. The NFC has always been that way. You've seen in a lot of other divisions where you see the Green Bay Packers versus the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings, how competitive that is for them to go up against each other. Or you might see, you know, there's no more heated rivalries more bigger than Washington versus the Dallas Cowboys or Washington versus the Eagles or the Giants versus anybody in the division Dallas versus anybody else in the division the heated rivalries that we have in the NFC East can, doesn't really it, 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 nobody else can stack up to that to what heated rivalries there are in the NFC East and how competitive they was nobody could Not a single soul. The NFC East this year, you know, is getting smacked around like a a five-year-old little child trying to run away from their parents. Everybody in this division is getting smacked around. Every single body. Every single team. and, And it doesn't matter who they are. The only team that has not won a game yet, that has not got on the board just yet, is the New York Giants. Now, we have seen slow starts before with everybody's team. We have seen the slow starts. We have we have seen how at least after a slow start in the, in the season that things usually ramp up and seem to get on board. People start to get on track. People start to get out there and start doing things. But in this division here, It's a piss-poor division right now this year. It's a piss-poor result of all the years in the past, I should say. These NFC East teams this year are not competitive. They're not showing any fire. They're showing glimpses of it, but they're not doing it. They're not doing it. There's nobody in the NFC East right now that is compared to be really number one in the NFC East. Yes, the Philadelphia Eagles might have taken well might have taken the number one rank right now because of their tie because of the tie, but is Philadelphia really number one in the division hell to the no? Are the Washington football team number one in the division hell no. Is the Dallas Cowboys? Hell no. You mean to tell me that all the Giants will have to do is win two games and they're number one in the division? That's all you're telling me. I don't give a damn if anybody else lose in the division. If the Giants win two games, they're number one. That's how this division is shaping up to be. That's how things are shaping up to be in the division right now. And it is sad to say that though, because we want to see the fire. We want to see the anticipation. We want to feel the roar coming from the NFC East. We want to feel the anticipation of the East rising up again. Are we going to see that this year? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe we might see it in in the, in the battles in the division. We might see it in the battles in the division. we you know, Washington taking the first game in the division with a win, which put the team at number one for the past three weeks after this week. That was it. They They dropped three games after they beat Philadelphia. And please don't let me start talking about the Washington football team because the team name is right. What fucking team do we have right now? What team? And it's sad to say that though, because I, I I love my team, and everybody knows I love my team. But before I get into my team, you know, shout-outs to the Philadelphia Eagles winning that game last night though, and 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 how Carson Wentz supposed to be this driven this team into winning their first game of the season. Congratulations. You beat the San Francisco 49ers, um, the, the NFC Conference champions. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Eagles. Shout-outs go to you But they were without a starting quarterback, Jimmy G. You know, even though there's no excuse to win is a win, and, we'll, and they'll take a win over anything. Whether you got fresh people, no people at all, whatever. But here's my theory, though, to everything, though, right now. And I keep hearing this from Philadelphia Eagles fans, and I keep hearing this from everybody around the league today. Everybody around that's a Philadelphia Eagles fan say the same damn thing. We got injuries. We got a lot of people injured. We got a lot of people injured. We got eight people of our starting lineup injured. Everybody on our team is just hurt. And Carson Wentz is trying his damnness, and they don't know if they're going to go 8-8 eight eight this year. They don't see 8-8 eight eight this year. They see something different. That's what every Philly fan is kind of telling me this year, that they don't even see that their team is going to make it to the playoffs this year. Before I get into my team, I ask, I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles for a minute there. They don't see eight and eight they might they may or may not they might see seven and nine. We never know we don't know even know how this division is going to shape up until we get to halfway mid through the season to find out. We just don't know is everybody going to drop six games this division? We just don't know. But for Philly fans to say that they got injuries on their team left and right, and that, you know, left and right, Washington had the same problems. We had the same problems in Washington where all of our best, like majority of the best damn players that we had on our team got hurt. But we still proceeded to go on and do things better than we ever had before. We still go on. Any of it, that we win, lose, or draw, we're still the most hated team in the division. One of the most hated teams in the division. By any other rivalry team in the division, we're still the most hated. Why? Because we hate Dallas and we hate Philadelphia. The Giants are just nobodies, for real, for real. But the Giants make noises when they do when they do, they make noise. And it, it, it's damn near like sometimes the Giants will pull it out. And it's between three teams that might take the division this year. Dallas, Washington, or Philadelphia. Who will take the division this year? We know, we really don't know until we get midway through the season. But this season is is starting out on the wrong foot. I got the Dallas Cowboys out here, you know, they're they're just doing whatever they do. They choke. They won one game this year, and they thought they were going to come back. They made miraculous comebacks, but they let the Cleveland Browns drop 49 damn near 50 points on them. 49 damn near 50 points on them yesterday. How about them Cowboys? They sucked last year. They sucked the year before last year. And, and, and everybody will say it. And, and my famous quote from Stephen A. Smith, I'll have to say, is that they're accident waiting to happen. All you got to do is just put them in the driver's seat and watch the accidental foes. They never let you down. The Dallas Cowboys would never let you down in a season. They'll get so hyped up and lose right when you want them to. They'll ramp you up. They'll get you all nice and tight and comfortable at night. They'll beat the Washington football team. They'll beat the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll beat every other team in the division, In the division, the Giants, and the, whatever the case may be. They'll go 13-3. and three. They'll do whatever they possibly can to do to win. And then as soon as they get to the playoffs, they'll do the best thing they can do is lose. Zeke this year averaging nine yards per carry. Not. hmm and, and and if we want to be real, Zeke is only party averaging three and a half yards per carry. Let's be really real here this year. And 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 you know, Dallas's, you know, rushing yards are tied for 24th right now in as offense. They're ranked number one in passing yards, thanks to Dak Prescott. Total the yards that ranked number one right now in in the league right now, thanks to Dak Prescott. Points on the board, they're ranked third. Third down percentages, they're tied for 13th. But their defense, their defense, 32nd in points, 31st against the run, 24th in passing yards, and in total yards on their defense, they're ranked 30th. 20th in percentage. Of third down. Why can't this team get it together? It's the defense of woe team. The defense is horrible for the Dallas Cowboys. Horrible. Horrible. But this is the same team that everybody kept saying that, oh, Mike McCarthy gonna turn it around for this team this year. Oh, they got rid of Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett, you can't say that the man didn't get you off to a hot start, or you can't say the man didn't put you in positions to make it to the playoffs. Can't say that about the man. You can't say that about the man. You can't not. You cannot say that the man didn't put you in position to win the playoffs, or didn't have his team right out there. To, to at least compete in a playoff game at least once or twice. Even though they made a loss, but you cannot say Jason Garrett didn't have them prepared. You can't say that, and you won't say that. Mike McCarthy, he got fired for a reason, had a year off, came back, made a Dallas Cowboy start, debut, said he learned from his woes. Said he learned from his woes. But do you really see that the Dallas Cowboys have learned from their woes? Have you really seen that the, the defense is pulling it together? Have you really seen anything from this Dallas offense except for Dak Prescott throwing over 500 yards in the fourth quarter just to make his team kind of competitive? But everybody kept saying, feed Zeke, feed Zeke. Everybody kept saying that Zeke is, is, Zeke is the man. I can't tell I can't tell. How do we know Zeke is the man for real for him? When Zeke turns into Zeke of when he first got drafted. He's averaging right now four and a half yards per carry. You know, in the last game that he he on average, actually, I'll take that back. I'm sorry, y'all. He averaged four yards per carry this year. He has 70 rushes for 273 this year. And as long as rushing yards this year was 24 yards long. And he's only, like I said, he's only averaging four yards per carry every game. In every game that he's played in, he only averaged four yards per carry. With the fumble this year, that's not feasting on Zeke. That's not doing the same Zeke that I know. Zeke had average of, a four, nine, average of five yards per carry one year. At the beginning of the year, he was averaging five yards per carry. You know, and to even top that off, Cleveland held this man down to only 54 yards in a game. After 12 carries in a game, they held Zeke down to 54 rushing yards in a game. When this man last year had 100 and maybe two yards per game last year. Just around that amount. Just around that amount. Everybody can saying, say, Zeke, pay Zeke, pay Zeke. Zeke got paid. Zeke did get paid. Oh, he got paid a hell of a lot of money. But did not to be the same running back that he was before? Soon as he got back from Cabo, Zeke ain't been running the ball no more like that. Zeke ain't doing all the amazing things that you thought he was going to do for your team. Zeke's numbers has dropped tremendously. It has dropped tremendously. But where does that leave the Dallas Cowboys with Dak Prescott, who hasn't still gotten paid yet? This man's still waiting on a contract. Negotiation to go through. Who is still ready to get paid. Ready to get paid. But we can't even get this man to get paid yet. We can't even get this man paid yet. But yet alone, yet and still... He goes out there, he performs well, and he does exactly what he's supposed to do. Go out there and play as well as he can uh, with the team that, you know, whether they do or do not believe in him. Pay the man. Pay that. I mean, I really don't care. I'm not even tripping off it. Go pay the man. Pay him. Pay him his money so he can go ahead and let this team build around him. Now, y'all know I'm not a Dallas Cowboy fan, but I'm just whooping and I'm, I'm rooting for Dak Prescott to get paid. So that way, one day, when a quarterback from Washington goes out there and says, hey, I need my money, he can get paid too. He can get paid too. Put the next man up mentality. Now, switching over to my team, we're going to change the little subjects here a little bit, though. We're going to switch over to my team. Now, a lot, of, a, a lot of football fans out there, I know y'all love a lot of football, like a lot of football team fans, I should say. The Washington football team fans that are out there, y'all love our team, but y'all also hate our team. I'm a bigger supporter of our team because I believe in letting somebody have a down season to to progress. I believe in letting them have a down season to progress on than to change out a quarterback situation here and not let the boy progress. I hear a lot of people talk about Dwayne Haskins. Is he our guy? the future can he make the 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 team better can Haskins you know can Haskins really go out there and clean up his mistakes that he made on the field can he go out there and do it is the question the man is though he has completed 89 of 146 of his passes Thrown for 939 yards this year, almost close to 1,000. Four passing touchdowns and three interceptions this year. You know, um, Coach Ron Barber talked to Wayne Haskins. He talked to him. And stressed that he has to be, you know, he has to clean up his actions. Even against the Browns, you know, um, he had a passer rating of a 75.7 throughout three games. Three games. You know, we got really – we only got Alex Smith – well, we don't know if he's going to be able to still play out there and do the things that he does best. We only see him in practice runs. Kyle Allen, who also started for Ron Rivera last year, we don't know if this boy is ready to play football or not. We don't really know what he can do. Do we really? know? But are you willing to take a bite at him? Are you really taking a bite at him? you know and and the sad part about this is, is that his, his starting job is on notice already and we only played four games let me let me remind y'all of this he is 3 of 7 games 3 of 7 well, now I should make it nine games. Three of nine games that he has started in. He is learning a new system this year that he had a whole offseason to learn, try to get down pat, trying to maneuver the ball, trying to get in the field for the game, trying to get his numbers right, trying to get his head focused in the game. He got it in the game, but you got to give this man a, He's a – he's a – He's a talented quarterback. He's talented. He may not be able to run the ball as much. He may not be able to scramble out that much. He may not be able to throw real long completed passes like that outside of him standing in the pocket. This man has to learn and feel comfortable in a new system that he just got bought into again. The same effects that we have seen throughout the years. Let's check the years out. Jason Campbell learned two different systems when he was here in Washington. RG3 learned two different systems while being here in Washington. The system that kept going on just until last year, Kirk Cousins was in the same system. Alex Smith was in the same system that he made work. For himself, Kirk Cousins made the system work. Don't get me wrong, but he had talent around him to make it work. Not almost a front line, though. He had he had Trent Williams, though, but he had a talented line to go with him. You lost lost Trent. You just lost Trent Williams to San Francisco. That was the extra help that he needed. To hold on to the ball just a little longer to see the field as open as it was. Just to see the field. Now we did our mistakes with Trent Williams. We had our mistakes with him though, but let's let's talk about Haskins here. Yes, he struggled with turnovers. He turned the ball over three times. Against the Cleveland Browns, which is a good has a good defense, though. By the way, they really do have a good defense. He didn't turn the ball over yesterday with the Baltimore Ravens yesterday. He didn't turn it over at all, not one single time frame, though. But in the same token of breath, though, is is this? Baltimore has a good defense. The Cleveland Browns had a pretty good defense. Hell, even the Philadelphia Eagles had a good defense before all the injuries how did it happen. That's why he was able to make the moves that he made. Because of injuries. Pass rush kept getting to him. So, in my personal opinion, it's not just Haskins that is the problem or I should say is the problem for this team. It's around him. The front line is not holding enough We got injuries on the front line already. The defense has injuries with Chase Young going down. Yes, he does need to clean up some actions. Yes, he does need to clean up some. He needs some work with himself. Yes, he does need to go out there and perform better than he is. Use his feet a couple times frames and move around a little bit though so he can break through the pocket, use his feet more. And I say that a lot, though, with these quarterbacks that we get in Washington. You need to use your feet just a little bit more to get first downs, to do what you're doing. Do what you're doing. Move out of the pocket. Scramble out of the pocket a little bit, though, and throw that some bitch down the field. Throw the ball. Look at what you're doing. Don't hold down the receiver that you're wanting to throw the ball to. Don't look, don't eye him down. Look somewhere else and look out of your peripherals. If it's your peripheral vision that's the problem, then we need to get this boy some contact lenses for the field. If Kirk Cousins left five different receivers open at one time frame in a game, I've seen it myself. So for everybody to talk about one person Dwayne Haskins, the way they're doing it. Kirk Cousins left five different receivers open in one game. And on simultaneously different plays throughout the game. Everybody has their woes. Everybody has their downfalls in a season. Everybody does. But it's how you pick yourself back up and get out there and play harder the next game and do better the next game. You might actually start winning some football games. If you get the running attack going, you just lost Adrian Peterson to the Detroit Lions. The run game is not as solid as it used to be. But you guys, everybody's blaming it on something. Everybody's blaming the doggone, um, the quarterback for everything. We're blaming the quarterback for everything. It's not just the quarterback that has his problems. We've got a lot of open receivers downfield that can't catch the ball. Terry McLaurin can catch the ball. He can do what he got to do, though. But I'm talking about these other receivers that are out there not catching the pass that he throws at them. Some of the passes are inaccurate. I will give you that. But you got you to gotta be able to see the, You got to be able to catch, and you got to see the ball. Get to your lineup. Get in your position to catch the pass. I think, in my personal opinion, Antonio Gibson would do better as a Chris Thompson in the league, in the, in, the, in the, on his football team. In my opinion, I think Peyton Barber needs to be running the ball a little bit more on a goal line def- on a goal line offense. A stance. I do believe that, you know, um, J D. McKissick needs to be running that ball harder than he is. These play action screen plays that we're running, you need the right talent over there to do it. I liked it better when we was playing up tempo offense and we were playing up tempo, we was doing it up tempo. It made it work. It was looking a little bit better than it was before we started playing this slow offense. We need to be able to game manage a game. Game manage. When we're up 14 to 7, we need to start playing game managing. Or if we go up by two scores, we need to start game managing. We need to be able to run the ball a little bit effectively, more so than we're doing right now as a football team right now. If we get the run game going as better as, as, uh, I mean, as, better as every other team that is out there winning now, if we can get that step-by-run game up a little bit, though, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. We can take the pressure off this young quarterback. We can take the pressure off from them. But before I say anything else, we're going to take a brief commercial break right here, everybody, and we'll be right back with more of the Real Sports Show, everybody. Hey, y'all, it's Tony. I'm here today to tell you about my small business called Financially Tone. Financially Tone provides bookkeeping services to small service based businesses who are looking to free themselves from the stress and confusion of dealing with the books on their own, and who want to devote more time to other things like growing their business, traveling, or spending time with their family. We provide full bookkeeping services, which includes accounts receivable, accounts payable, payroll. We also provide cleanup services and quick book setup. If you're interested, please reach out to us and let us know how we can help. You can reach us on our website at financiallytone.com. You heard it here first on The Really Sports Show. All right, everybody. We're back live again. Um, thank y'all for the commercial break. If y'all need anything, you know, need your books checked and everything else, go please hit her up and let her know what you need done. If you're a big-time organization out there and you need some books checked, go check her out. All right. So back to the conversation at hand. You know... You we gotta get this run game going in Washington. We gotta get the run game going in Washington. We gotta step it up. We gotta improve and we gotta go back to fundamental football. The head coach ain't the problem no more. The head coach's situation has improved. The team has gotten a little bit better than we was before. We're making rookie mistakes out there on the field. Yes, we are a young team. Yes, we have our accidental rookie mistakes that we make out there on the field. But goddamn, man, that th- that's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. The way that we're the way that we're doing things out there is embarrassing. And we need to step it up. We need to be a better football team. We need to do better than we're doing right now. We need to do a hell of a lot better. We got the LA Rams coming in here this weekend, this weekend, and the Rams are not playing. The Rams aren't playing this game. The Rams aren't playing at all, period. They will come in there and they will smack you in the mouth if you play them soft. They will come in there and they will smack you in the mouth if you play this team soft. Jared Goff already has 1,000 yards this season and he has thrown six touchdown passes with no interception this year. Not a single interception this year. I take that back. Let me correct myself. He has thrown two interceptions this year. Let me correct myself. But that still doesn't matter. They will come in there and they will smack you in the mouth on defense if you let this game get out of hand when it first starts off. I should not see a big turnover ratio in this game at all, period, like that. Except for on our defense. We got a defense of Kendall Fuller in the backfield again, who caught two interceptions last week. Went down and got two interceptions last week, though. We have to do better. We got to come together together and we have to do better. We got to win this next game to stay competitive in the NFC East. We have to win this game to stay competitive in the NFC East. Because Dallas is coming hungry and our next te- and the next teams that we got after that is, are coming hungry. They're hungry and they're ready to play. Because after that, we go to New York. Then after New York, we play the, the damn Dallas Cowboys on November 26th. I'm sorry. We played the Dallas Cowboys October 25th. And the 26th of November, though, too, as well. But we got the Dallas Cowboys at home. The first game at home. Then we go to Dallas November 26th. We got to leave our statements right here, right now on the table in our division. We got to pick up the next three games to stay competitive in the NFC East. We have to pick them up to stay competitive. If we don't pick them up, we're not going to be competitive in the NFC East anymore. We're not going to be. We got to stay hungry. We got to stay wise. And we got to go out there and we got to do what we got to do we have to there's no there's no ifs ands or buts about it there's not even a, a, a discussion on why we need this game there's not even a discussion why we need this next game to stay competitive there's not even a discussion about the, the ifs ands or buts that we need not to turn over the ball in this game against a team like this We need to go out there and we need to play hard. Get out of your get your heads out your asses and let's go out there and play hard. Hard nosed football is gonna win this game. Hard nosed football is gonna win this game. Now, everybody, we're gonna switch over topics here a little bit though. I want to get into you know just a little bit of uh, Bill O'Brien. Being fired from the Houston Texans after starting out the season zero and four, we all seen this coming about. We all knew this was coming. We we already knew this was coming out. You know it, it wasn't it wasn't something that was a shocker to anybody. We all knew it was. You know, you, you O'Brien became one of the most fearful traders in the NFL. Furfin traders in the NFL. He swung deals to acquire Duke Johnson, Larmy Tunsil, Kenny Stills, Carlos Hyde, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, and also partnered, I mean, parted with Jadania Clowney and DeAndre Hopkins. Multiple first round picks and several mid round draft pick choices. You got rid of one of your best receivers. On your team, DeHop, who went to Arizona and is making a phenomenal run in Arizona right now, um, you 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 just really couldn't see this. You really saw this coming. The vision was right there. The team is not performing well under your supervision. I seen this coming a long time ago. That I knew he was gonna get fired at the end of either at the end of this year or next year. I mean, or the beginning of this year. I seen this coming. I just seen it coming. The time was ticking. And I don't foresee the Giants really keeping on a hold of their coach this year at all, neither. I just don't foresee it. These teams are hungry for changes. The Jets coach is on the hot seat as well, too. The, the Jets head coach is on a, uh, on a hot seat. And... You know, it's crazy because all the New York teams are owing. I mean, every New York team right now in in, in the NFL right now, the two New York teams are 0-4. The two New York teams right now are 0-4 in their division. Not even competitive. Hell, the Miami Dolphins got one win. The Miami Dolphins got one win. But to go off to an 0-4 start this year and you get fired, I, I, I've foreseen that coming. I've already seen that coming. and Your job was on the line as soon as you started out 0-4 and it was not going to let this season go out the way it was going. And the Atlanta Falcons head coach, you ain't that too far bad off. You aren't too far off from getting fired as well, too. I, I foresee that you're going to get fired. You blew... A 38-point lead over the New England Patriots in a Super Bowl and lost. And lost to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Need I say any more? You blew a lead that you had against the Dallas Cowboys. All your team had to do was fall on the damn on the da- damn ball. All they had to do was fall on the ball, and they, doggone, you know, still lost the game. You let the game go. You lost the lead by a field goal kick. That's all on Atlanta. So, I really will keep my eyes out for the Atlanta Falcons head coach for getting fired too, as well. Because he's going to be on the board next, and he has already drawn up his. I would draw up papers of resignation tonight. If y'all lose this game tonight against the Green Bay Packers, which you are going to lose, which you are going to lose, don't get it wrong, you are going to lose this game. If y'all don't turn this around, you're going to be fired next. There will be an interim head coach in in New York, two new interim head coaches in New York, and there will be a new interim coach in Atlanta, in Atlanta as well. But I just don't foresee, you know, especially the Atlanta head coach, I don't foresee him going anywhere far. far. And Houston Texans started off the campaign with firing their head coach this week, I mean just today. They fired him today. So what What? So what So does that mean? Some people are on the hot seat. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Some people, a lot of people are on the hot seat. There's a lot of coaches on the hot seat right now. On the hot seat. So we're going to switch gears here, everybody. We're going to switch gears here to the NBA. NBA. John Lucas. Head coach candidate for the Houston Rockets. He's a candidate for the head coaching job in in Houston right now. Um, the soon-to-be 67-year-old has worked for the Houston Rockets since 2016 under Mike D'Antoni, who announced last month that he would not return to Houston for his for a fifth season as head coach. Lucas also has six years of previous NBA head coaching experience patrolling the sidelines for the San Antonio Spurs through 92. I mean through 92 and 94. The Philadelphia 76ers 94 through 96. And the Cleveland Cavaliers through 01 to 03 for an overall record of 173 to 258 with a percentage of 401. Under 500 percentage. And As a player, Lucas had three separate stints with the Rockets for a total of two of a a total of 325 games over five seasons, 76 through 78, 84 through 86, 89 through 90. He averaged 11 points, actually I should say 12 points, seven I mean seven assists, one steal per game with the Houston Rockets. Top Minnesota Timberwolves assistant David Vanderpool and the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers assistants Tyron Lue have also been linked to the coaching job in with the Rockets. So, which means though is that um, Rockets got some pretty good candidates up there for the head coaching job right now. Now, would I say John Lucas is a perfect candidate for the Houston Rockets? Uh, I wouldn't say that, but he is a he's a beautiful candidate though because he has a distint with the Houston Rockets though he's been there all his kind of life though. And I can honestly say he knows Houston. He knows Houston. He knows about Houston. So why not let him play for you? Let, him, let him coach for Houston and see what he can do with a team like that. Give him two years, see what he can do. Two, three years, see what he can do. Turn his team around. Give him the opportunity. Tyron Lou, give him the opportunity to see what they can do. You know, let's see what they can do as, a, as head coaches again. Give them the opportunity, let's see what they can do, and let's keep moving forward. But the biggest thing that's on the table right now is the Miami Heat versus the L.A. Lakers. Yes. Yes. With the Lakers falling down, I mean, with the Lakers having a 2-1 lead over the Miami Heat right now. You know, um, it's a beautiful thing. Very, very beautiful thing. Like I said before, and I think this is going to be a gentleman's sweep. And um, I already knew the Miami Heat was going to get at least one game out there, though. So let's see if that can make that work. Let, let's let really see if they, we, we can make this work. In the next game, 3-1, go 4-1 in five games. This is going to be a five-game stint. I still don't think that that, you know, we're going to go to a game six at all, period, though. But if we happen to go to a game six, it really doesn't matter. These playoffs are done after a certain point anyway. I I I highly disbelieve that LeBron James and the LA Lakers are gonna let this game go past five. They've beaten everybody in five games going ahead of their schedule. Um I have no doubt in my mind that this game with this series will not let go past five games. It won't. Even though Butler had a 40-point game triple-double. Anthony Davis, you got to show up in the next game. LeBron, you got to damn sure show up in the next game. And we got to rock this thing out. We got to do what we got to do. Got to do what you got to do. But in this course, in this stint, though, for real, for real, to be honest with y'all, I do not foresee the Miami Heat winning the NBA championship this year. Not at all. Not at all. Not this year. Maybe they might be more competitive next year, though, but Jimmy B, I respect you, though. Nothing against Jimmy Butler and the the Miami Heat, though, but this year is just the Lakers' year. This year is just their year for them to actually explode and win another championship. This is the same year that LeBron James did get his fourth ring. He will get four, and Hopefully, he might get his fifth ring to compare to Kobe Bryant, though. And we don't know about six rings, though, but he damn sure can get four this year. And that little uh, hypothesis that's out there right now, the stint that's out there that I've seen on Facebook, though, was that um, if the Lakers win the finals, oh, it's because LeBron drove them and, and, you know, AD was the co-pilot to it. No, I think this was a total team... Total team domination. A complete team domination of the NBA finals. The White Howard gonna get his first get his second ring, maybe I think his first to second ring. Anthony Davis will get his first ring for sure. Um Rajan Rondo will get his second ring or third. I mean second ring for sure. But like I said though, this is gonna be something of a complete team domination. And I don't foresee anybody going past five games again. And if they lose the NBA Finals, and it does go to a, happen to go to a Game Seven, and they lose, it's because of AD and LeBron didn't get along in the Finals, and they didn't play together well, or something along the line that they're putting out there right now. LeBron dropped the ball, and they lost the Finals. No, 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 not about to happen. I think that LeBron James and Anthony Davis, Rajon, Rondo, Dwight Howard, and all them boys out there in L.A. are about to pull this off, go back home with a championship ring, and celebrate and party hard after five games. Game five is done. There's nothing else to compare to it. They're going to do it in five games, and that's it. They're going to do it in game five. That's what I'm betting on right now. That's my that's my hypothesis, or you could say my conclusion to these NBA finals. Game five is over with. Game five. But that is all I have for y'all tonight, though, and this morning. I appreciate everybody for listening to the show. I appreciate everybody around the world that, that do listen to the show and that do participate in supporting this show. Um... I love y'all as a fan base. I thank y'all for giving the ratings of 1.4K rating. Um, actually, I was going say 1.4K rating. We have 1.4K in plays on the show, and I'm looking forward to to talking to y'all again on the show probably sometime this week or probably next week after the football season, you know, does what it does best. But we always going to talk about it, though, on the Real Sports Show, everybody thank y'all for listening i'm mark aka the vet and i am out everybody y'all enjoy and stay safe and remember to go vote everybody please go vote vote like your life depend on it baby vote 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 and vote again i talk to y'all later y'all y'all been beautiful peace And I'm out, y'all.